Hi, and welcome to TD Synex presents Cisco Smart Sustainable Hybrid. My name's Dan Griffin, and I'm the Cisco Enterprise Networking BDM at TD Synex. Today, we're joined by Joachim Mason, Regional Sales Director at Cisco, and Alastair Tucker-Brown, Enterprise Networking Product Sales Specialist at Cisco, and they're going to be talking about smart buildings. Thank you, Dan. Um, Alistair, hello. Great to see you. And to see you too. Are you well? I am, Joachim. Thank Good. You. No, that's excellent. I do admire that purple jumper of you. I realise for the listeners that, you know, it's only my pleasure, but it's very smart. Well, well chosen. Thank you. Yeah, I do have a, a, a rather colourful collection of jumpers in my, in my wardrobe, yes. A topic for another day, perhaps. Indeed. Indeed. Um, so, the topic for today, smart buildings, uh, one that I know that you are very immersed in in your, in your day-to-day, one that's very relevant um, uh, to all of us uh, in the workplace and, and us as, as, as employees. So, really excited to be having this conversation with you. Uh, today, but you know you've been involved in this for a period of time now. What's your what's your early thoughts around smart buildings? Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's such an exciting space to be in uh, uh, right now, and something that something that people say to me haven't buildings always been smart? And I'm thinking yeah. actually, do you know what? Um, they probably the definition of smart is um, is is subjective, I think. But um, today. Buildings are what I would say is 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 very smart. We'll come on to what what that what that really means. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, Alistair, if you spoke to my wife, um, she would attest to the fact that I'm a deeply impractical man. So the very fact that I'm here talking with you about smart buildings, she's probably chuckling at. Um, but I start to think about well, what are some of those you know drivers around how we change and why we change in terms of buildings and construction, etc. What 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 are some of those themes? So I think I think the biggest underlying uh, theme is sustainability and the drive to the sure. drive to uh, net zero. And if you look at um, you know the the um, the way that uh, we approach uh, a new building today it is different from how we would have done it in the in the past. Um, and just take you know we, it, let's just take a couple of practical examples. Uh, and lighting could be one of those. So the way that you light a building, right? You you um, the the you don't need to um, uh, uh, put in copper, a two hundred and forty volt line rate copper. Mm. That's uh, a bit a bit a bit too even that's a bit too technical. So imagine a three pin plug. You do not need three pin plugs in offices anymore, right? Uh, the lighting can run off the network. Yeah. Um, if you come in and put your laptop on a desk, yeah, your your um, your laptop could plug into a low voltage um, uh, charger mm-hmm. that's attached to the desk. That's not plugged into um, a three-pin plug. It's plugged into the network, mm-hmm. right? So just that practicality of not having to put copper around building or um, 240 volt uh, line rate around a building. Uh, strips out number one a lot of cost, and number two it saves on precious uh, metals and minerals. Mm-hmm. So in this yeah, case, absolutely. copper yeah. and all the plastic that yeah. gets wrapped around the copper. Um, but if you look at and why is that why is that changed today? If you look at lighting itself, yeah, uh, there's been a massive change in the technology of lighting. So in the past, you would have had, say for instance, a hundred watt light bulb gives you a thousand lumens, yeah, but. Um, the arrival of LED lighting means that 
you don't need 100 watts to get 1,000 lumens. I'll, I'll keep it simple. 10 watt light bulb will give you 1,000 lumens. That's not quite accurate, but it's it gives you an exam range. A, yeah. example of you get 10 times the lumens from 10 times less the amount of wattage, yeah? And, and, and you know, because sometimes, you know, you hear about smart buildings and you imagine kind of, you know, state-of-the-art, multi-year, mega projects. That's kind yeah. of what uh, is in your mind. But then when you bring it down to things like, I don't know, lighting, as you've just said, that sounds like it's something which is achievable or, you know, accessible across more than just brand-new buildings, right? That's something that you can apply to pretty much, you know, any kind of building. Absolutely. I mean, the businesses I speak to on a, on a daily basis uh, will, you know, look at retrofitting their current offices. Yeah. And lighting's a really easy way uh, to take a, a project um, like uh, IP lighting and, and, and make it a reality, yeah? The cost savings uh, are the obvious one, yeah, because it uses a lot less electricity. Uh, the fact, actually, um, that you're not using the electricity from the uh, traditional um, copper, you're actually using it from the Ethernet cables that run through the buildings. So there's been an advance in technology that you can push, and this is as technical as I'm going to get, 90 watts of power per yeah. port uh, across a piece of Ethernet cable gives you the ability to then attach lighting to it, yeah? And IP lighting is different from your standard lighting because you can change things like the uh, circadian uh, rhythms yeah. of it, yeah? So in the morning, you could have it brighter and bluer, mm. and then in That the sounds appealing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, you, would, you, would, you, would, you would be surprised that this, um, you know, the ability to change the mood yeah. of the room that you're in will change the mood of the staff that are in that room. And going back to your earlier question of hybrid working and why do we need to think about doing this differently is we need to build offices, office space that attracts um, the employees back into the buildings. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in our case, you know, the office should be a magnet, not a mandate. Mm. Yeah. And you want to bring people in for a great experience within the office. Yeah. So, yes, you've got the drive to net zero. That's that's um, uh, that that's obvious. But building an office that then is an inviting place to pull people back into is really key. Yeah, that's an yeah. interesting point. I mean, because, you know, you think these days, you know, you kind of get the sense, if I think about it just as my, you know, my own personal kind of week and days, you know, I'm thinking more deliberately about when I go into the office and, you know, when I'm looking, what I'm looking for when I, when I get there. Um, uh, and, you know, part of that is also my own kind of thoughts around, well, um, if I'm going to travel somewhere, you know, you, again, you think about net zero, you think about sustainability, and we know that hybrid working has, has is a is a big benefit around you know helping reduce CO two emissions. So if I am going to travel, I am then also thinking about the different you know the different environment I'm then going to be in. I'm going to have different expectations around mm -hmm. that. And you know, again, going back to that subject of net zero, and you've given lighting as an example as as something you can connect to the network that then has kind of further benefits, yeah. both physical, almost <laughs> spiritual without getting too <laughs> highfalutin about it, uh, but also in terms of cost and efficiencies, etc. I mean, are there other things that we can then start to think about connecting to that network that start to bring it all together? Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, I'm only touching on a, a couple of points today. Mm. But if you look at uh, things uh, like the blinds, for instance, you you um, in a building like this, which has got a lot of glass, yeah, mm -hmm. you could connect um, 
the blinds to the building management system. So the building management system in the past would have been sort of an isolated system that multiple networks would have would have connected to, um, and it's not very smart, right? But today you could connect, um, you could connect hundreds of things to the building management system. Yeah. But um, one of the easy ones to sort of get in your head is. Imagine the building uh, with a lot of glass on the on on the outside warms up during the the summer. If it was connected, if um, you had sensors in the room that were connected to the network mm -hmm. that could detect when the room was heating up, it then said, "Right, we'll pull the blinds down instead of switching on the air conditioning." There's a an obvious one, yeah, but until you think about it, uh, you sort of. Take it, take it for granted that that happens. And you don't want to be relying on the people sitting in the office to think about pressing a button or phoning someone or, you know, that's, yeah. it has to be automatic. I mean, the, the system has to be intelligent enough to... It does. Yeah. And we've seen, we've seen huge reductions in cost, mm. uh, electricity cost, from just the blinds coming down. Um, so we've got an exemplar uh, office in 22 Bishopsgate in mm. London, and... Uh, they're saving £400,000 a year in electricity costs just by those blinds coming down wow. and the air conditioning not coming on. Yeah. And you think, there's, you know, that's a, that's, that's a very simple but very effective way to, number one, save cost, yeah. Yeah, but also emissions, uh, reduce your greenhouse gas emissions from the electricity that you produce. So if you look at uh, buildings within cities, yeah, they, absorb, they, they actually use 70% of the power that's supplied to a city, mm -hmm. but it also gives off 40% um, greenhouse gas emissions. Right. So wow. the biggest users, yeah. <laughs> biggest users of power, but the biggest contributors of greenhouse gases, yeah, as in, in, uh, individual contributors. So if um, making your building smart definitely has that you know, uh, drive to net zero, net zero benefit. And and, and, you know, in terms of the sorts of organizations, you know, you, I mean, you, you, you tend to think of, you know, companies owning their own buildings, but I know it's, it's much more complex than that. But regardless of, of, you know, if we're thinking about our customers and who our customer actually is in any given instance, um, in, in most cases, and rightly so these days, all organizations mm -hmm. feel that sense of responsibility around um, uh, sustainability and, and will have published ESG goals and, and objectives much like we do um, and I'm imagining that you know based on what you've just said you know given how much power is being drawn and how much you know in terms of greenhouse gases is being emitted this is this, this, there's going to be some quick wins for organizations if they can really uh, you know start to implement some of the changes and technologies that you described definitely definitely and that's where where we're seeing a lot of the conversations at the moment yeah, yeah? Um, and to and to your point there's there's different players in the building industry so mm -hmm. there's those um, property uh, developers yeah those that actually build buildings they've they've got uh, new standards um, that they must meet like the, the well standards that they must meet you've got big enterprise customers thinking, right, I'm gonna rent some space from a property developer. What are their credentials like when it comes to um, sustainability? And am I gonna use them? And then uh, have I got um, have I got the ability to, to demand certain criteria of uh, the building that I'm gonna take from the property developer, yeah? So if you look at, um, a couple of large organizations I'm currently talking to, um, they, 
they they are taking you know they're renting a couple of floors from a landlord mm -hmm. but they made that decision based on the fact that they could plug into the building management systems yeah that they could build themselves a a smart office yeah. or a, a smart office within a smart building so so yeah so it's a looks a really really interesting subject matter at the moment yeah. and the you can tell by this conversation alone that there's different many different strands yeah, yeah there's so much to it as you as you dig into it i mean i you know the the the, the other part there is is you know we were all talking about well you know post pandemic the whole landscape of offices and real estate you know, could change. People were not required to be quite, you know, have the same proximity to large cities necessarily. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what are real estate developers, investors going to be doing? Are they going to be, you know, investing in brand new spaces or are they going to be looking at the spaces that they've already got? And I, yeah. I'm guessing all of that is kind of shifting as well um, as, as organisations sort of grapple with what, you know, what they're going to do and their strategies in this area. Very much so. And what... Um you know, another another thing that I'm seeing is that the commute to compute is on the commute. Uh, the commute to compute is on the decline. The commute to collaborate is on the up. Yeah. Right. Um, so uh, organisations are building offices that you don't necessarily. You're not. You're not driving to the office to use a computer. You're driving to the office to collaborate with your yeah. teams. Yeah. But teams themselves are very different these days, you know, and a developer team does a different sort of task to someone who's, in, uh, you know, inventing a product yeah. that's very hands-on, or you might have sales teams that only go to the office once a month to um, do do what sales teams do one, <laughs> once a month in yeah. the office, yeah. Um, so so you need to build offices that um, differently today, in term, but we'll talk about that uh, when we talk about um, Cisco Spaces and yeah. how we can maximize the use of what happens inside the office but just the the overall um uh building itself yeah we're finding big big changes in the behaviors of the way it's been built but also the way that it's been the way that it's being occupied um no it's uh no it's it, i mean it's fascinating and the, and the more you dig into it you 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 know, as I said to you, I'm not a very practical man, but you, you know, you can start to see straight away some of the, the the possibilities and and how relevant it is across, you know, more than just IT and technology, but also for, um, uh, you know, the facilities teams, the operations teams. Yeah. You know, everyone really has got a stake um, yeah. that they that they hold in 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 this area. And as I say, I guess the that big priority around net zero and sustainability and and what we can do in this area alone, you know, drives you know drives it as a priority for so many. It's 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 fascinating. Maybe maybe one final final point on driving costs down. So it's a real move away from um, the way that we use electricity. So little uh, simple simple fact here that we you know the way that we use electricity we'd use it traditionally as AC alternate current. Yeah. So we'd bring it in off the grid as an an AC. Um, format, but then we change it to DC to direct current, and we use direct current within the office. Yeah, but direct current voltage is basically low voltage, so you could touch it. Wouldn't recommend it, but you could touch. You, know, you, know, you, 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 <laughs> you could touch. You could touch it. Um, and the move to DC environments is where where it's where where all the uh, technology is uh, focused, right, to drive down. The consumption, the consumption of power, 
And if you imagine today, and, and, and this is another question that I get asked is, why, why, why DC? Um, why low voltage? During the pandemic, there's been a real explosion in low-powered endpoint devices. Mm -hmm. And when I'm talking about things like that, I'm talking about, um, you know, you could run a 55-inch uh, LG TV off, an, e uh, off um, an Ethernet port, right? And that completely changes the way that you would think about mm -hmm. things like digital signage, for instance. Yeah. Uh, I was in uh, Greg's the other the other day. I'm not, um, you know... Not proud. I'm happy, happy, <laughs> happy to say that I was in Greg's the other day, and uh, I was sat having having my sandwich near the window, and they had got a big screen in the window advertising whichever deal it was on sausage rolls, and it was plugged into uh, the screen was plugged into the floor, but also plugged into the network, and I thought, you know, the, the, there's no need to do that in the future. All you need is one Ethernet port. Yeah. You can plug into the back of that screen, and that gives businesses. The agility to then move it um, because you don't need to get a qualified electrician in to move the screen because it's low voltage and and that changes the way that businesses are thinking about right how can i use my space differently and if i want to move it and change it to adapt to the business then i can do it without having to getting get in expensive electricians that need to test it that need to um uh, do 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 all the things that electrician <laughs> electricians do. I can do it with a piece of Ethernet yeah. e uh, Ethernet cable, which is completely transforms the way you think about things. Well, there's there's no question that you're passionate about this <laughs> subject, Alice. If you're thinking about it when you're in buying your sausage roll on a Saturday morning, so uh, yeah, you must be a lot of fun to be around <laughs> to the weekends. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, no, listen, thank you for that. And as you say, it's an area that we could talk about probably for uh, you know a, a, a lot more. I know there are going to be some different topics that we're going to you know that are related that we're going to cover in in different uh, podcast episodes. But for now, Alistair, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you, Joachim and Alistair, for that wonderful conversation. If you want to know more about smart buildings, then contact your sales rep at TD Cinex. On the next conversation, we'll be talking about Cisco Spaces.